With Hashem's help, we're learning Soite Daf Mem. We left off on Daf Mem, Amadala, five lines from the top. The Gemara spoke about Psukim that should be said by the community receiving the Birchas Kahanim during the Birchas Kahanim. So asks the Gemara, Heichon, Oimron, where exactly, at what part of the Birchas Kahanim should the congregation say those Psukim? So Rav Yosef, Omar, Bein Kol Bracho, Ubracha. In between, the psukim of the brachas. So you have the brachas, Yivorechecha, Yo'er, and Yisa. And when the Kayan finishes one before he begins the other, that is the place where these psukim should be recited. Rabsheshus Omar, Bahaskaras Hashem, the psukim should be recited when Hashem's name is mentioned. And continues the Gemara, there is another Machlekes Amiroyim, Pligibar of Mari, Verav Zvid, Chad Omar, psukim. That it's one Pasik for one Pasik. In other words, whether the one Pasik is said at the end of the Pasik of Birchas Kahanim, or if the Pasik is said after Hashem's name is mentioned, don't forget that Hashem's name is mentioned three times once during each Pasik. So it can be one at the end, it can be a Pasik after Hashem's name, one for one, totaling three. However, Vachadomar al Kolpsuka. That all of the three psukim mentioned are said by every either pasuk of Birchas Kayanim or all of the three psukim are said every time Hashem's name is mentioned. To this says that that anyone who says these psukim outside the base Migdash. Enoi Elotoya is simply making a mistake. These psukim are only to be said in the base of Migdash and Amar Rabbi Hanina Bar Papa. Teidam, I'll prove it to you that these psukim should only be said in the base of Migdash. Dibimigdash Nami, Loimi Bayelimimrinu. That even in the base of Migdash, theoretically, these psukim should not be said because Klum Yesh Locha Eved is there a servant. That while his master, while his king is blessing him, he's not paying attention. You know, you can't speak and listen at the same time. The reason why in the Beis HaMikdash the Psukim are said, the way the Marshal explains it, is only because the shame Hamafaydash, Hashem's explicit name, is spoken out. So to show respect to Hashem's name, obviously he holds that these Psukim are said after the shame Hashem, so Mela, there, there's no option. In other words, there's a balance of things. One contradicts the other. There is a respect of being silent. On the other hand, there's, there's a tremendous respect that we show when we say a Pasik after Hashem's name is mentioned. So the latter overweighs the former. But that's only in the Beis HaMikdash because the Shem HaMafaydash is articulated. But outside the Beis HaMikdash, for sure, Rabbi Abba is right that these Psukim should not be said. He disagrees. And he says the opposite. I'll prove it to you. That even outside the base of Mikdash, the Psukim that we learned about yesterday should be said. Because is there a servant that while his master is blessing him, he doesn't demonstrate appreciation. You have to demonstrate appreciation, and that is done by the reciting of those psukim. In other words, there's a machlekes. Not only Amirayim, where 
it is said, and how many psukim are said for every bracha, but more importantly, there's really a machlekas amaraim, whether these psukim are said in any place other than in the, in the Beis HaMikdash. And on this, the Gemara says, Amar, before we continue, just to know that the halacha is take, that we don't say these psukim, right? That's what, the way the Alter Rebbe paskins, that's the way we say in Shulchan Aruch, in Simen Kuflamit. However, our minig is that being that there, are, there's, there is a singing of a melody during Birchas Kahanim, as it says, one should not sing more than one melody. It's not to sing for every Pasuk and other nigan, but there is a nigan that's, that we sing during Birchas Kahanim. And while the melody is being sung, that is where Psukim we don't say. But there is the prayer of Rebbein Shalom regarding dreams, and Astoisus brings down Taki here, Daflamates Amud Beis, in the last line, in relation to Birchas Kahanim. So he brings the Gemara and Brachis, and let's push it read together the last line in Taisus, Lamates, Hai Man Dechazi Chalama. If a person sees a dream, and the person doesn't understand what he saw, and it might be a not positive dream, he should stand up in front of the Kahanim. While they are giving the Birchas Kahanim, while they're spreading their hands, and the layman, the person should say, that And these are, this is like a prayer that we say, but only during the Nagina. When it comes to dreams, just parenthetically, you know, there's the famous stira. On one hand, we have in the Gemara in Sanhedrin, there the Gemara in Daflamet speaks about a person who had a dream that his father came to him and he told him that there was money in such and such a place. And that and that is the amount. And that money belongs to Maiser Shani. Or there's another version, that money belongs to Hegdish. So the Gemara says, even if you find the money and it's exactly in that place, exactly in that amount, the money is not Maiser Shani. The money is not Hegdish. Because Divrei Chaloyma is Loymailan Veloymeridan. That, that, that dreams are of no significance. So aside of the whole sugi and brachas that speaks about chaloimais, we just had an adorim. That if a person dreams on that ches, that, that uh, he was put in a nidoy, that he was put in a ban, and he dreamt about it, so he should do something to take away the ban. The bottom line is, is, that, is that when it comes to monetary laws, you can be more lenient or other approaches to explain the Gemara and Sanhedrin. But we definitely take dreams into account. There's a whole concept of fasting when a person is afraid of a, of a dream that might appear not to be positive. And being that the whole concept of Birchas Kahanam, as we explained, Abracha means taking something that is on a spiritual level and bringing it down in a physical world. So a dream that represents some sort of energy, there is a way of bringing it down in a positive way through speaking out that the dream was a good dream, or by Pashat, making sure that the blessings of the Kahanim are also in reference to one's dreams. And their blessings transform or direct whatever that was. Beruchnius, when it comes down into this world, it takes a, phys- it takes a good form. However, just to finish, that the Minig Chabad is that even though we talk, don't say the words during the Birchas Kahanim, but the last three words of the Ribbani Shaloylam, right, Vesishmereni, Usichoneni, Visirtseni are words that we say while the Kahanim say the word Shalim in order for the people who answer Amen that the Amen should not only go for Birchas Kahanim, the Amen should also go for the Holy Rebbeinah Shalim. Okay, so now that we quoted Rabbi Bo, Amar Rabbi Bo says, Rabbi Bo, Mireish Havamina, Luhu, originally I used to say, I used to say these 
these psukim outside the base Amigdash. But Kivan the Chazina Lele Rav Abadim in Akko, but when I Rabba Bo saw Rabba Abadim in Akko, to Loyamalahu, that he does not say these psukim, is Anonami Loyaminalahu, I stopped saying it. In other words, Rabba Bohu accepted the rulings of Rabbi Abadim in Akko. And as we'll see in a moment, the tremendous respect that Rabba Bo had for Rav Abba de Minaku. And Va'amar Rabba Bo, Mireish Havamina, initially I used to say that in Visana Anna, that I am a humble person. He considered himself hum- humble. But Kivan the Chazina Leila Rav Abba de Minaku. But then, when he saw how Rav Abba from Akoi, the Amar, that he, as we'll speak out in a moment, that he acted in an even a more humble way. So Rabbi Abba realized that Rabbi Abba is even more humble than him. And therefore, the link would be that, you know, when it comes to, to getting the halacha correct, it's not only about knowledge, of course you have to know, but the ikir is not the knowledge, the ikir is to be God-fearing. And you see that more when a person is humble. So the more humble the person, the more bitter the person, the more connected the person is to Hashem. So therefore, the halachic rulings are more correct, which is why he followed Rabbi Abba's, the Menachos, Halacha, as not to say the Psukum during Birchas Kahanim. Now, how did he see that Abba, the Menachu, was even more humble than him? That the Omar, whenever Rabbi Abba, the Menachu, used to speak in public, as we just spoke out a few shiurim ago, the way it used to work is that every Tana or Amoida, they had their interpreter. They had their Amoida. And their interpreter was, first of all, they had a very loud voice. But even more important, the Tana or the Amoida only spoke out this, the Halach and Lashon Kaidish B'Kitzer, B'Lashon Kitzara. And it was the interpreter that it translated that ruling in the understood language, and they added, and they expounded, they explained. But one thing is clear, if the real teacher, if the Tana or if the Amoida, if they teach a Halacha, Milsa Betama, and they give a reason for it, so then the interpreter's job is to share what the teacher is teaching. However, the Amoida of Rab Abba de Menaku, even though Rab Abba gave one reason, the speaker didn't change the ruling, but the speaker gave a different explanation for the ruling, a different reason, a different source for the ruling. And the Loikapid, and Rab Abba de Menaku was never upset with his Amoida. So that, 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 that shows a tremendous level of humility. And the way the Marsha explains, had that, that Amoida given an inferior reason, then the teacher should have corrected him. Avada, if he would have been giving a wrong reason. But he gave a better reason. And normally people get defensive. Like, my Amoida knows more than me. Yeah, my Amoida knows better than me. He accepted. If he heard a better reason than his, it was 100% good with him. So when Ababo witnessed that, he was very... Uh, he was very humbled by the humility of Rab Abba. Um, Amina, I said that love in Visana Anna. I am not so humble. Whatever I did, which made him think, Rabba Bo, that he was a humble person, he realized not as much. What was Rabba Bo's behavior? What did he do that made him think originally that he is the Anav? Umai in Visana Nusei, the Rabba Bo, says the Gemara, the Amr Leili the the Amoide Rababo, Lidvisi Rababo. Rababo also used to teach with an interpreter. His interpreter's wife 
once told his own wife that Hadidan, I want you to know that my husband that is acting as the Miturgaman, as the Amoire, as the speak spokesperson for your husband, Yurababo, don't think that my husband has anything that your husband doesn't have. My husband is just as great as yours. He doesn't need your husband. The way the interpreter used to interpret was that the Tana used to sit. The Amoire used to stand. And you have to understand the Amoireim, the Tanaim, they spoke in a, in, a, in, a, in a very soft voice. So the speaker needed to bend down. He needed to be Gachim to hear properly what the teacher was really teaching. And then he would stand up and he would say it projecting a loud voice. Why does my husband bow down and stand up? He's simply honoring your husband. He's giving him covet, but not because your husband, Rabbi Bo, is the big Amoira, is the big teacher, and my husband is just his spokesperson. My husband is just, is just as great as a learned person as he is. Rashi has another version which makes these words perhaps even more, so to say, disrespectful, that my husband is the spokesperson for Rabbi Bohu, because Rabbi Bohu is Yekara de Malchusa. And Nashi brings over here, from Mesechles Chagiga, that the Caesar's government had a lot of respect for Rabbi Bohu. So in deference to, the, to give honor to Caesar, to Rome, they showed honor to Rabbi Bohu. It's like today when a rabbi is politically connected based to the government. So you say, Claire, one his wife says, listen, don't, don't convince yourself that your husband is the big rabbi. Pasha, to show respect to the government, right? So we're, we're, we're going to give him some honor. Now, the wife of Rabbi Bohu shared those words with him. And Omar Law, and he right away responded, why do you care if he thinks if my spokesperson thinks, or if the spokesperson's wife thinks that her husband is greater than me, gezunta hate mini umine from me from him yiskales iloha may the one above may the oibish that be praised. So that was Rabbi Bohu's attitude towards those who felt that they're greater than him, which is why he felt that he's humble. Here you see clearly, you know that the Rebbe was very strong in explaining that Moshe Rabbeinu was an of Ma'id. Anav Ma'id, people should have the right understanding of humility. He understood who he is. person has to know who they are. And if a person, let's go to Moshe Rabbeinu, no one had the qualities of Moshe Rabbeinu. He knew exactly that he was superior to other people. The humility was that he understood that everything that he has, everything that she has is a gift from Hashem. And therefore, it's not them. And the other, the question is, what am I doing to use this gift for the, for the greatness of Hashem? So Rabbi Abba felt that he has a trait of humility, which he did. But he saw how Rabbi Abba, the Minaka, was even more humble. And coming back over here, and therefore his halachic rulings should be taken more seriously. Now continuing more on the anivus of Rabbi Abba. The su Rabbi Abba imnu Rabbanan alei lemimniei v'reisha. That Rabbi Abba was supposed to be chosen, or he was already chosen, to be the head in other words, there was a yeshiva, there was an academy, and at a certain point, the, 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 the rush yeshiva's position needed to be filled, and the chachamim appointed Rabbi Bohu. But Kivan the chazi min akum. But when he realized that Rabbi Abba min akum, the nefishi le'bal the Bach changes the word the nefishi. 
And he writes, the Tfisi, either he had a lot of debts or his creditors were already harassing him. And the position of Rosh Yeshiva then was a position that made the Rosh Yeshiva wealthy, as Rashi brings down from Yuma, that when it says the Koyen HaGadol Me'echov, so the din would be by the Koyen Gadol, that all the Kahanim needed to give him money for him to be the wealthiest of the Kahanim. So there was a lot of gifts that were given to the person leading the academy. So Amar Lohu, Bohu, told the Chachamim, there's someone greater than me. And by the way, he, he held this was the truth. Greater meaning, for sure, in humility he was greater. Which means that he's more worthy to be the Rosh Hashiva. And why did he say that should happen? Uh, because he, he, he was really looking out to make sure that his friend, Rabbi Abba Dimin Akul, will be able to, to pay his bills, would get out of all of his debts. And perhaps to add, like, what's, what's the humility? First of all, the humility of giving up one's position is, is one thing. But even more, why is that connected to him being in debt? And, and if Rabbi Abba Dimin Akub would not have been in debt, if Rabbi Abba was an Anav and Danibus finds expression by allowing someone else to, be, to take that position, so why does the, the debt have to do with anything? So going back to this concept that Anivos has to do with the constant acknowledgement that everything that we have is from Hashem. And we have to use our talents in the servants of Hashem. So we are looking the, uh, constantly at the divine providence of things to figure out what does Hashem want from me at this time. And he understood that if Rab, Rab Abba is in debt and there's a position to be filled and that position will solve his financial sadness, it's meant for him. He allowed the Hashgacha to rule the world. Vaiter. Rababo, Rabchiyabarabo, continuing on the great Rababo, that both of them, Rababo, and here we're going not to Rababo, the Minaku, but we're going to Rabchiyabarabo. That Iklu, Lahu Asra, they visited a certain location. Rababo, Dorosh Ba'agadata, Rababo, started to teach Agadata. The homiletic part of the Torah. Rabchia Barabo, Darish Bishmaitza. He began to teach halacha. Who do you think most people went to? To what class did people go to attend? Shavkua, Kula Alma, Lerebi Chia Barabo. People abandoned the halacha class from Rabchia. And Vaazul Gabi Drababo. And they went to hear the Agadat that Rababo was teaching. Chalash Daitei, so Rabchia became disheartened. Amalei, so Rebbe Abohu, to console him, tells Rabchiah, Let me give you an example to what this is analogous to. To two people, one of them is selling precious stones, and the precious stones in this mashal is in reference to halacham, and the other one is selling minei sitkis, small items. And Rashi gives examples, he's selling pins. He's selling sewing equipment, which is something which is a lot less expensive. And also, it's something that the people need. You don't need it for something uh, beautiful, but right? you're not putting on up a crown, but you need for the day-to-day. Stones is taka, a precious stone. Not everyone can afford it. And it's not a need as much as the little items in life. So it says, Who do the buyers go jump to? Who do they go to buy from? Obviously, and the one that's selling small items. In other words, halacha taka is dvar havayizu halacha. On the other hand, what do people need? 
People need inspiration. You can call it small, and he wasn't saying a non-truth. He was saying that halacha compared to agadah, the halacha is the ikir. That's the, the, the rats on Hashem. What does Hashem want from us? How do we bring uh, godliness into the world by following the, the halacha? For that, you have to learn halacha. But the inspiration for people to want to learn and to want to do and to want to teach, etc., that we have in the Agadah. And Kol Yoyma says the Gemara, continuing on the story, that every day, that every day, Rabbi Chiyabar Abba was the one walking with Rabbi Abohu to Rabbi Abohu's lodging place. And he did that Again, because Rabbi Bohu was a very prominent, recognized rabbi in the house of the government, of the Roman government. So in deference, in respect to the government, he got a, a certain amount of additional COVID. That day, in where Rabbi Pashat got insulted, that people left his class in droves, and they went to the Shir of Agadete, is Alvei Rabbi Bohu, Rabbi Bar Abba, Adosh Pizei, the opposite, Rabbi Bohu was the one that walked Rabbi Bar Abba home, and Vafilo Hachi, Loi Itoisev Datuminei, his mind was not set at ease. But my Hashgacha Pratis, today is Yutas Kislev, Tav Shanayin Vav, and we're celebrating today as the Rebbe Rashab coined it, the Rosh Hashanah for Hasidus, and one of the great accomplishments of the Holy Balshemtiv was is that he lifted the spirits of what was called Anashim Pshutim, people that, especially during the exile and then in Eastern Europe, they didn't have the opportunity to, to learn. So they were, they were less learned, and some of them were taken not learned. And they used to feel like second class citizens. And the, the Balshemtiv used to travel from city to city, and he used to teach Divri Agadate, and that inspired them to be even more connected to Hashem. And let's continue in the Gemara. Now, now that we are learning about psukim that perhaps should be said after Birchas Kayanim, or at least in the Beis Hamikdash was said after the Birchas Kahanim. So now the Gemara is going to speak about another part of the Tefillah, where aside of the Shliach Tzibur Davening, there is a response from those in the community. Says the Gemara Bizman, Shliach Tzibur Oimer Moedim. When the Shliach Tzibur is repeating the Lauch essay and saying Moedim, what should the people be saying? And as the Abu Draham explains, what should the people be saying? What do they say by the rest of the Shmona Esrei? The Shliach Tzibur is representing the whole community. So why should anyone need to say anything? So he explains that when it comes to the parts of tefillah, that supplication, one person can be the mouthpiece to all. But when it comes to thanking Hashem, every person has to give their personal thank you. It's not right. It's not appropriate for one person to thank on my behalf. A request, yeah. A thank you, not. So therefore, everyone obviously should be responding and expressing thanks. What words are used? So Amar Rav, Rav says that the words that should be said is that we give thanksgiving to you. We acknowledge you, Hashem Aleikeinu, for what? In other words, we thank you, Hashem, for the very fact that we are inspired to give thanks. Gavaldik. And on that atmul, that when you give thanksgiving, for the fact that we are inspired to give thanks, don't only identify Hashem, Hashem Elikeinu, but add to the Chiddush, add to the novelty. Call Hashem Elikei Kolbasa. 
that Hashem is the God of all flesh, so that our godly part appreciates, understands, that we should want to thank God, that is easier. But the fact that Hashem is a leke called Basar, in other words, we are identifying God as the God of all flesh, that even my flesh, even my lower part, also wants to thank God. For that I have to give thanks. That even my flesh appreciates the fact, is inspired to the fact that I should want to give thanks to Hashem. Al Rab Simoi adds, say even more. It's all in the same logic. Speak about Hashem as Yoitzreinu Yoitzreinu Hashem is the one that forms the world. So as we learn in Hasidus, there's Bria and there's Yitzira. The bigger Chiddush is Bria. Bria means something from nothing. Yitzira means once something is, then it's formed. We are not only inspired to give thanks to God, that God is the creator, but we are thanking God that we are inspired to thank God for the fact that God is the, for, the former, which is in comparison to being a boyra, maybe less impressive, but, it's very, but nevertheless, that in itself demands a thank you. And thank God, we understand that and we are inspired to thank Hashem for being the yoitzit. The people that lived in Nahardoi say, in the name of Rab Simoi, that we should add more, we should add more words to it. That brachos, blessings, vaydois, and thanksgivings. And that we give to your great name. For the fact that you give us life and that you continue to sustain us. Notice here we're speaking about the concept of the continuity of creation. It's not only that God created once or that God formed once, but Hashem is constantly recreating. And the fact that we understand that, as it spoke, as, as it's taught in, 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 in Torah HaChasidus, right, the beginning of Shar HaYichud, quoting from the Baal Shem Tev, that Lo'olam, Hashem, Devorcha, Nitzav Bashamayim, and that's the real meaning of divine providence, that Hashem is recreating every moment. The fact that we can understand that, that we're being taught that, and that inspires us to thank God. For that, I thank you. Al thank you, God, that we're Hasidim. He, he finished this blessing. He says that it should conclude with the words, Cain, that you should continue to give us life. And Cain, Usechonenu, right? We should, we should continue to find favor in your eyes. And therefore, Usechapzenu, and you should bring us together. And you should gather us from our exile. To your holy courts. In order, what's the whole Mashiach? In order for us to keep all the mitzvahs. For us to keep your rules. For us to do your will. With a full heart. And as many of the Mepharshim say, that we have the three pillars. So maybe Lishmar Chukecha. As Parshas B'chol Kaisai begins, in B'chol Kaisai Teilechu, says Rashi, Shetehei Amelem Batayra, sometimes Chukecha goes to Teira learning, V'lasois Ritzenechos, keeping the mitzvahs, Gemilus Chasadim, and Belev of Sholem, Ezeho, Avedo Shebelev, that's Tefillah. And, and for that we give praise to you. So Amen Rav Papa says, Rav Papa, Hilkoch, being that there are so many different opinions by different rabbis as to what should the words be of our thanksgiving, these are, one of our, these are one of these types of arguments where you don't have to pick one over the other. It's not an argument whether the meat is kosher or treif. You're going to have follow one. Here's what word should you offer to things. So therefore, in such an argument, let's follow everyone's ruling. Nimrinhu lukulu. Say all of it, which is what we do. 
Not only that, the reason why we call that Maidim, Maidim Derabanan, which is what we say on our own, while the Baltfila is saying the loud Maidim, it's called Maidim Derabanan because who wrote that prayer? Many rabbis, as we have here, many different opinions, and we follow all of them. Other people explain that Maidim Derabanan underlines the fact that most of the davening was instituted by Anshik Nasa Sagdeila. And they were before the Tanoim. This tefillah was made by the Rabbanon, by the rabbis from the times of the Talmud, by the Amoyroim, back in the Gemara. Oman Rabbi Yitzchak says, Rabbi Yitzchak, we're going back to Berchus Kahanim, Lo'olam tehei emas tzibor alecha, that people should always be in awe, that means have real respect to, towards any tzibor, towards any community of people, even though a tzibor, by definition, has in it people that are not that righteous. The word tzibor, is a composite of the words tzaddikim, beninim, virishayim. But when you look at an entire community, you should always have a lot of respect to them. Why? Shaharei, kaihanim, the kahanim, while they bless the people, peneim, klapei ha'am, they are commanded to face the community, even though va'achoyreihem, their backs are facing the shechina, are facing the Aron Kodesh. And they stand up on the platform. So you can ask, it's disrespectful to Hashem. You're putting it back towards the Sifri Torah. The answer is that if you have to pick between who you will respect, Hashem is telling you to respect the Tzibur. So you're really not disrespecting Hashem. You are following God's mitzvah, which shows how much respect needs to be shown towards a community. Umikan, that when rabbis speak by the pulpit, even if the pulpit is by the Aron Kodesh, they are allowed to, to put their backs towards the Sifri Torah. But many people, therefore, have the meaning that they kiss the parochas beforehand. Just to show that they're not being disrespectful. Because normally we're not allowed to put our backs to the Aron Kodesh when you're sitting right in front of the Aron Kodesh unless you are speaking to a tzibur. And Avnachman says, I'll prove it to you. Because it says, Vayokam HaMelech David Al Raglov. David HaMelech stood up on his feet. Vayoymer and he said, Shimu'uni Achai, listen my brothers. And Va'ami and my people. And he began to appeal to them that they should donate money for the building of the Beis HaMikdash. So here asks the Gemara, why did he call the community my brothers, my people, or my nation? Was he relating to them like brothers, or was he relating to them like a king speaking to his citizens? Im achi lome ami. And im ami, if the relationship here is of, I'm a king and you're my am. So why did he call them brothers? To this, Omar Rabbi Elazar, or the Masha adds above, and Rabbi Elazar explained that Omar Lehem David Yisrael, that David Amalek tells the Jewish people, Im atem shoymim li, if you will willingly donate money towards the Beis Amikdash, then achi atem, then we're brothers. And v'im and if you will not willingly give donations, ami atem, I will look at you the way a king can rightfully look at his citizens. I will force you with a stick to give donations. So we see that David HaMelech wasn't sure whether they would be willing to donate for the building of the Beis HaMikdash. Nevertheless, explains the Marsha, David HaMelech stood up. So which means that he wasn't only standing up for those who were behaving like his brothers. He was standing up towards people that were not going to be willingly giving money for the building of the Beis HaMikdash. Why are you standing up for them? Because when you're facing a community, not an individual, you always have to respect the community no matter who they are comprised of. Rabbanon Amri Mehachi, the Chachamim, brought another proof regarding Amas Tzibur. 
And here we have in the Bach, the Tanur Abonon, it says in Abraisa, Ein hakoyhanim rishoyim la'alos b'sandeleim l'duchan. Kahanim cannot be wearing their shoes when they go to the platform to give the brichas kahanim. And v'zehu, says the Braisa, this is achas mitesh is one of the nine decrees shehizkin nabi yechonim and zakai that nabi yechonim and zakai instituted. Now, why did he institute this decree? Thought these chachamim maitama lav mishum kavayt zibur. As Rashi explains, people then used to wear long robes. And the robes used to cover their shoes. But when a person is going to pick one's hands up, so then your garments also go up a bit. Being that they're standing on a platform, and in those days before we had asphalt, there was, it was common that people had dirt on their shoes, a lot of dirt and mud. So they understood why should they take their shoes off. So when the kahanam pick up their hands and their shoes become visible, people should not see dirt on their shoes in front of them. That's a disrespect. So to avoid that disrespect, take the shoes off. So that's another attempted source regarding the concept which stays of having respect towards every tzibur. However, the Gemara says that's not a proof because the reason for this takana is really not, as we explained, because of the dirt on the shoes. There the fear was that it was possible, how shoes today are very different the way shoes were, in the times of Chazal, we learned a lot about this in the Sechta Yivamas, which makes the whole Chalitza today, Pashat, you have to get the same shoe that they had then, which makes it, Pashat, it's not challenging because but they didn't have it, but it's interesting to look at that shoe. But they were, the shoes had a lot of laces, and the materials were not the good materials that we have today. It was common for someone's shoelaces to get ripped. If a shoelace today gets ripped, your shoes won't fall off that quickly. The shoes they had then, if the shoelace fell off, your shoe would fall off. But the shoelace kept the leather on your foot. So they were afraid that maybe your shoelace is going to get ripped. And the coin is going to bend down to make a knot. And when people are going to be looking up at the platform, by the way, today, again, the minigas, we don't look up, we cover our face with talaisim. But if someone were to look at them, they would notice that a coin on the platform sat down. Why would a coin sit down? People are going to wrongly interpret, ah, ben gerusha ben chalutzahu. That person is talk of tainted lineage. And that person, at the end, feels guilty. What am I doing here? I should not be the one giving the bracha. So the person sat down. So people might end up suspecting that client that he is, you know, he's not fit to be a client, and people might react and take away other honors that we have to give to Kahanim. So to, to prevent that from happening, the Chachamim made a takana that they should not go up with their shoes. Now, being that this is the accepted reason in Halachim, you know, just very recently, I think less than 10 years ago, the, the great Rav that was the Paisik in Sharit Tzedek, right, today it's Rabu Shervais. It used to be the Baal Tzitz Eliezer. And uh, what, happened, what happens in hospitals is that the, the you know, Fruma people are there. Yomtev, or they're in Eretz Yisrael, they do this every day. Kahanim wanted to give birchas kahanim. But in the hospital, you don't have your clothing. So you have some sort of slipper shoe. Now, we, today, it says in Shulchan Aruch, kahanim leave their socks on. Because it's not customary for people to walk around barefoot. And therefore, fakert, it's not covered at zibur. So the question they asked him was, the doctors told those patients that they're not allowed to take those uh, slipper shoes off. The floors are made out of marble or stone. And it's cold. And they were sick. So they wanted to know whether they can do it. 
So he was lenient. And one of the sources was our Gemara. Which the whole thing began, that a shoelace will, uh, will, get, will, will get rip and they're going to fix it. So today, uh, there that they were wearing shoes without shoelaces, there were many other sinifim, part of the hat that he allowed them to duchen with those sorts of shoes. Well, you can't say it's not kosher. He's violating a takana from a from a and zakai. He should be told to take his shoes off. No, no. It's, if I cared, on every takana, a takana's chachamim is exactly where we say whether the reason appears applicable or not. You want to change it? You have to convene a basin. God will be chachma And if not, that takana applies aside of the fact that there are so many other reasons that we know of already. For example, there's the whole concept that why is it when Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu the first time he spoke to him, take your shoes off. What's the taking of the shoes off by this net? So in Hasidus we learn that the concept of a shoe is that a shoe affords a mechitza between a person and the earth. No, there's a certain physicality or there's a certain chumriyazdik, there's a certain gross physicality of the world that we have to be above. We have to separate ourselves from the, from the earthiness of the earth. But on the other hand, when the earth is holy, when that gross materialism is not there, then Adarabah, the whole kavana of Yiddishkeit, is to bring godliness in the world. So whenever we stand on holy ground, we take our shoes off. We are supposed to bring God into the ground. Same thing in a shul. A kain is getting up there. It's a makam kadeh. She's getting up on the duchen. And he's doing what Hashem wants. He's becoming a conduit to blessings of Hashem. So there's that much kadusha. We want to bring it all the way down to the ground. Now, Oba Migdash, Baracha Achaz, the Gemara is quoting from the Mishnah that there is a difference turning to the Daf Mem Amid Beis between how the Birchas Kahanam is given outside the Beis Amigdash and in the Beis Amigdash. That outside the Beis Amigdash, three Brachas were given. In the Beis Amigdash, there's only one Bracha of a Chol Kach Lama. Why? Is it that much of a difference as the first Rashi on Ahmed Beis? And therefore it becomes one bracha. In other words, what makes it one or three brachas? The words are the same. But in outside the Beis Amigdash, Amen, he said at the end of every Pasik, In the Beis Amigdash, they did not answer Amen at all. So there was nothing to be mafzik the brachas. In words, it's not we dafka wanted to make it into one. Since you don't say amen in the base amigdash, so there was nothing separating the three psukim. Now, Lahoyer, again, today's Yutas Kislev, that the Alter Rebbe at the end in Pedic Nun Gimel in the Kuti Amarim says the following that in the base amigdash, especially in the Bayas Rishon, normally godliness as it makes its way into the world, goes through the Hishtalshalus. So there's the godliness of the world of Atsilus, and Malchus the Atsilus encloses itself in Malchus the Bria, and that is enclosed in Malchus the Yitzira, and that goes into Malchus the Asiya. In the Beis Hanikdash, godliness went above this entire chain. The Malchus of Atsilus was revealed in the Beis Hanikdash. And maybe the whole point of Amen, 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 of a bracha, and a, one and two brachas, a bracha is again bringing godliness down. 
So outside the Beis Hamikdash, godliness has to be brought down from one world into a lower world, into a lower world, into the worlds of Biyah, the three worlds. Amen, Amen, Amen. In the Beis Hamikdash, we circumvented the Holy Shtalshalos. Godliness was revealed in the Beis Hamikdash. So over there, one Amen is enough. It's already here, perhaps. Says the Gemara, From where do we know that we didn't say the word Amen in the Beis Hamikdash in Amar? It says a pasuk in Nehemia, "Kumu, get up, stand up, ubarchos Hashem alikeichem, and bless Hashem your God, min ha'olam va'ad ha'olam." That's the beginning of the pasuk. The pasuk there continues, "Vivarchu Hashem kavidecha al kol barachu sehilam." So from here, by the way, we learn, as Rashi points out, that in the Beis Hamikdash, whenever they evoked Hashem's name, like the example Rashi gives, is at the end of the first Baruch of Shmona Esrei. Today we say, Baruch Ato Hashem, Magen Avraham. How was that said in the Beis Hamikdash, Baruch Hashem Elikei Yisrael, Min Ha'olam, Ba'at Ha'olam, Magen Avraham. What's Hashem's name? And this not goes to what we spoke out in the Tanya. That the whole Chiddush of the Beis HaMikdash is, is that godliness was revealed. So Hashem is min ha'olam v'ad ha'olam. It goes directly from the highest world into the lowest world. And that was said every time Hashem's name was, was spoken out. Continues the Braisa, uminayin shal kol barachu baracha. Tehillon, how do we know that after we heard the bracha spoken in the Beis HaMikdash, we should praise Hashem. Praising Hashem is not done through Amen. Amen has many meanings. We just had this where we, we, we spoke out the Toysavis and Nazir. But Amen means I agree. Praising Hashem, as we'll see right now, is that in the Beis Hamikdash, instead of Amen, they said, Baruch Shem Kveid Malchusei Lo'elom Vod. And that is from the same Pasuk in the Chemyah. In other words, for every time there's a bracha, we should praise Hashem. Shenemer, because it says in this Pasuk, Vivarchu Shem Kveid Meaning, it interprets the Braisa that I'll call Bracha Bracha, that every time there's a Bracha, Tenlai Tehila, praise God by saying Baruch Shem Kavait. Ask Stoisvis one second. If in the Beis Hamikdash they didn't say Amen, but instead of Amen they said Baruch Shem, so we're back to the question. Why was it that in the Beis Hamikdash Birchas Kahanam was one Bracha? Because they didn't say Amen. Okay, so don't say Amen. Say Baruch Shem Kaved Malchusei Lo Elam Vod in between the three Psukim. And again, that will break up the, the, the Birchas Kahanam into three. Explains Taisviz that Baruch Shem Kaved Malchusei is only said after Hashem's name is spoken. That should not be said at the end of a Pasuk. And after Hashem, Hashem's name, in all of the three Barachas in the Birchas Kahanam, is not at the end of the Pasuk. It's in the middle of the Pasuk. So even though the Taka said Baruch Shem Kaved Malchus Elohim Vod, that that doesn't, being that that was not said at the end of a pasuk, it doesn't make it considered that the Birchas Kahanim was broken into three. Continuing in the Mishnah, says the Mishnah. Now this Mishnah goes back to what we learned in the first Mishnah in the Pedic regarding those words that dafka have to be spoken in Lashon HaKodesh. So the Mishnah said that Birchas Kain Gadol, that when the Kain Gadol finished doing the Avedah in the Beis HaMikdash, he used to read from the Sefer Torah, as we'll see in a moment, and then he said Brachas. So those Brachas that were given by the Kain Gadol on Yom Kippur, needed to be said, Dafke in Lashon HaKodesh. As says the Mishnah Ketzad, in other words, exactly what were those brachas. So now the Mishnah begins through the, before the brachas, a small intro. 
Chazen HaKnesses Neutel Sefer Torah. There was a Beis HaKnesses, there was a Shul, on Har Habayis, right near the place of the Beis HaMikdash. In that Beis HaKnesses, there was, amongst many other things, a Sefer Torah that Rashi tells us in Bava Basra that was written by Moshe Rabbeinu himself. Not the Sefer Torah that Moshe Rabbeinu wrote that is housed together with the Luchais, Machloikis, whether it was in the Aran HaKodesh, whether they built a golden uh, shelf on the side of the Aran Kodesh, aside of that Sefer Torah, that's Baba Basra, Daf Yudal, Damit Beis, Rashi says that there was, a, there was in the Beis HaKnesses, on the Harabayas, that also housed the Sefer Torah of Moshe Rabbeinu. And that was used every year, amongst other times, on Yom Kippur in the Beis HaMikdash. But you had to bring the Sefer Torah from that Beis HaKnesses, from that synagogue, into the, into the Beis HaMikdash area where the Kain Gadol was. So who went to bring it? So there was a Chazan, a Knesset, a Chazan, in the Mishnah is someone that we would call today a Shamish. He would go to the Beis HaKnesses and he would take the Sefer Torah. And the Knesset, he would give it to the head of the Shul. Who was the head of the Shul? The head of the Shul is someone that we would call today a Gabai. No, it's the one that gives out Aliyahs. And the Gabai is going to give it to the Sgan. Sgan is the deputy Kohen Gadol. We learned that Masech Tesyuma, that being that uh, the Avoid of Yom Kippur can only be done through the Kohen Gadol, just in case the Kohen Gadol would become disqualified for, for a halachic reason or for a physical reason. You have to right away have a replacement. So he was the person almost as great as the Kohen Gadol. He passed it to the Sagan Kohen Gadol. And the Sagan Kohen Gadol would give it to the Kohen Gadol himself. And the Kohen Gadol Oymed Umekabel would stand up and receive the Sefer Torah. Um, now we're going to learn over here, and it's also connected to what we learned in the Mem and the Aleph, Emas Hatzibur. Or now we're going to use the words to give Kavait Hatzibur and not to be, to give Tircha Ditziburah. So we're very makbid never to roll the Sifrei Torah while the community is waiting to hear the reading. All of that should have been done before. Now the challenge we have on Yom Kippur is the following. Taka, we read some of the Kriyasa Torah from Mamash like today, both from Parshas Achrei Mois, from the beginning, Achrei Mois, because there the Parsha speaks about the Avoid of the Kohen Gadol. We also have in Parshas Emoid, we have over there, we read by all the Yom Toivim, the Dinim of Yom Kippur. We have to fast, you know, we have to afflict ourselves, we can't do Malacha. Now, Emoir and Achrimois are adjacent to each other. And being that, as we learned yesterday, in those days, after every Pasuk in the reading, there was an interpreter that would touch that Pasuk in Aramaic. So during that interpretation, you had like a couple of seconds, that was enough time for you quickly to roll the Sefer Torah from the end of Achrimois to the beginning of, to the Emor, to the, to the Dinam of Yom Kippur. So you didn't make anyone wait. So the Kohen Gadol would read from that Sefer Torah, says the Mishnah, Achrimois, and from the same Chumash Vayikra, just a few columns later, the Psukim that begin Va'ach Ba'asar, the, the, the Dinam of Yom Kippur. However, we also read from Parshas Pinchas. We also read the Karbanos, but that's already at the end of Bamidbar. So to get from Emod to Pinchas, that would take a couple of seconds. That would take, you know, it's mamish. How long will it take? 10 seconds, 20 seconds. We don't want the Tzibur to wait. So not to cause Dzircha the Tziburah, the Kohen Gadol would read those Psukim by heart. So the Goyel, he would roll up the Sefer Torah. Umanicha he would hold it on his chest. 
Now, before he would read the words of Parshas Pinchas in Banidbar by heart, he didn't want people to think that he's reading it by heart because that's a Fertitis puzzle. And some of the words there are not correct. So he would announce that you should know that more of what I read inside is written in the Sefer Torah. The Sefer Torah is kosher. I'm reading it by heart not to make you wait for the rolling of the Torah. And then he would read by heart, and now the Mishnah quotes the beginning of the Parsha, in the middle of Pinchas that speaks about the karbanais that are brought during the Avaida of Yom Kippur, Ube Asar, which is written in Chaim Shapikodim, that was read al And all of this is leading up to the Psukim, to the Birchas Kayin Gadol, what were the Brachas? So now says the Mishnah, After he read the Torah, eight Brachas were given. A lot of discussion here amongst the Mepharshim, why didn't the Mishnah mention the Bracha that he gave before the reading of the Torah? Which for sure he said, the Brachas that we make today, Baruchu and Asher Banu. Mishnah is not speaking about it. The Mishnah is speaking about the brachas that were made after. And the challenge we'll have in the Mishnah is that we're speaking about eight brachas. If someone were to count now what the Mishnah says, you're going to find there are nine brachas. Now the first one is al hatayra. Al hatayra is the, you know, asher nasan Finishing with the words nois and hatayra. So maybe that one is not part of the eight because that's like a given. Or another solution to why do we have nine when the Mishnah really says there's eight? So he said the al hatayda means ashenosan lanu. The al ha'avayda means, Pashit, he said what we call today the Ritzay prayer. However, how do we end Ritzay today in Shemona Esrei? We say ha'machazir shechinosan That we are blessing Hashem with the emunah that Hashem will return the shechina in a revealed way to Tzion, to Yerushalayim, to the Beis HaMikdash. That ending cannot have been said in the Beis HaMikdash. You're standing in the Beis HaMikdash. The Shekhinah is already revealed in the Beis HaMikdash. So during the times of the Beis HaMikdash, this tefillah ended with the words, So that's how the bracha ended. And then he said, That's what we call today, Moedim. And then he had a bracha called, So says Rashi, I think four or five lines from the wide lines in Rashi, in the beginning of the line, what is the bracha mechilas ha'avayin? Ata bechartanu. What we say today, the middle bracha in the Shemona Esrei of Yontif. Shechoisim, that it concludes on Yom Kippur, Melech, Moichel, V'selech, L'avayin Yaseinu, V'la'avayin Yaseinu, Beis Yisrael, etc., etc. Back in the Mishnah of Al Hamikdash, what is the Mikdash? So Rashi says that it was a bracha that the Kohen Gadol davened for the Beis Hamikdash that concluded with the words, Baruch Asher Bachar Bamikdash. V'al Yisrael, Finishing with the words Baruch Haboicher Ba'amo Yisrael, Va'al Kehanim Haboicher Ba'kehanim, Va'al Yerushalayim that Hashem chose Yerushalayim. Now, so far, if you were to count, that's the eighth. So again, either the first Alotayit is not part of the eight, or when the Mishnah concludes Va'hashaar Tfilah that he davened the rest of the davening, the Mishnah doesn't say what it is. The Mishnah also doesn't use the word bracha. Rashi says right away, the Gemara is going to tell you what the Shar Tfilah is. So that's the accepted explanation of the Mishnah, that Vahashar Tfilah, don't count it as the ninth. That's not part of that. The eighth is the Torah, Avaidah, Hoidah, Michilas Oven, Migdash, Yerushal, Kahanim, and Yerushalayim, period. Now says the Gemara, beginning with the Gemara, ah, the Sefer Torah wasn't given directly to the Kain Gadol. Who was it given to? It was given to the Gabai. Then it was given to the Skan Kain Gadol. 
Now, there's a machleik as a mesechtus bava basra, whether one is allowed to show honor to a student in the presence of the teacher. So the kaingadol is the rav, the kaingadol is the, the greatest yid. And here you're giving honor to the sagan. Here you're giving honor to the gabai. So says the Gemara, Ash, Masmino, let's prove from our Mishnah that Chulkin Kovid Talmud that you could show honor to the student even in the presence of the teacher. Is it a proof from our Mishnah? Says Abaya Lavdafka. Maybe we can hold that you don't show honor to the Talmud while we are in the presence of the teacher. I, why did they give this Torah to the Chazin and to, 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 to the Roish and to the Skan? This is the way you honor the Kohen Gadol, by showing that you don't go straight from the Shamish to the Kohen Gadol, that the Sefer Torah is making its way from one person to even a greater person. Chabayos Hasidim were definitely very makbid not to show COVID to the Talmud, the Mokim Harav. Okay, right. The Kohen Gadol stood up and he received it and he read the Sefer Torah. So it says the Gemara, Oymed, the Kohen Gadol stood up what does that imply? Michlal de Yoshefu. That implies that he was originally sitting. How can that be? We learned that Ein Yeshiva Bazara Elam Alchi based David Bulvad that only kings, and not any Jewish king, not Shaul Hamelech, only kings that are descendants from the house of David are allowed to sit in the Azara. Shinemar, as it says, Vayyove Hamelech, the king came. And he sat in front of Hashem. By the way, David HaMelech wasn't during the times of the Beis HaMikdash. So that must have been the Mishkan. But it was Lifnim and HaKloyim. In other words, it was in the area in the Mishkan that's similar to, that's parallel to the Azara. And there it says King David sat. And not only that, he was not comfortable sitting. So the question is, since no one is allowed to sit in the Azara, how can the Kohen Gadol? be sitting for him to stand up. He should have been standing the whole time. Answers the Gemara. Ah, that just like Rab Chizda, to, to, to resolve another question, as we'll see in a moment, said that something happened in the Ezra's Nashim. The Ezra's Nashim was not in the halachic part of the Azara, which is also what we learned in Saita, that really the Kedusha's Azara began after the gate of Niknar. Right, that's what we learned. That even the, in the space under Shar Nikner doesn't yet have the Kedusha of the Azara. The Ezra's Nashim was before that towards the east. So that is where the Kohen Gadol was reading the, 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 the Sefer Torah. There he was allowed to sit, but he stood up because of the Sefer Torah. So just like Rabbi Chizda said, Ezra's Nashim used the answer here in our Mishnah, Ezra's Nashim. Now where did we find Rabbi Chizda's statement, Ezra's Nashim? So here we have the Hagos, Maharav, Ranchenberg, takes out the word Meisvei, and he writes the Tanya. The Tanya that we learned in Abraisa, the Heichen Koiren Boy, where was the, the, these Psukim read? Of Achrei, of Emor, of Pinchas. It was read by Azara, Tanakam. Rabbi Yezer ben Yaakov says it was read by Harabayas. He wasn't even in the Azara. Shemar, as it says, Dathmem Aleph, that Vayikro Boy Lifnei Harachoiv, that it was read before the plaza. Asher Lifnei Shar Hamayim, that's before the water gate. But the Tanakama holds, it was not read in the, in the plaza. The Tanakhama holds that it was read in the Azara. And the question is again, how can the Kohen Gadol be sitting? That was the question that was asked to Rab Chizda. And at that, Rab Chizda said, the Braisa, the Tanakhama, who holds that it was read by Azara, doesn't mean in the, in the, in the uh, Machna Yisrael, I'm sorry, doesn't mean in the, in the place for the, for the Nashim, in the Ezra's 
Anoshim. It means Be'ezras Noshim in the woman's section, which is outside the Kedusha of the Azara. And just like Rab Chizda explained that on the Brisa, the same thing is for our Mishnah. There the Kohen Gadol can sit. When the Sefer Torah was given to him, there the Kohen Gadol stood up and he read to be continued.